You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic, but today work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries, and with that we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton and adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. With your host, Andrew Donaldson, this is Heard Tell. Ah, welcome back to Heard Tell. Okay, when we want to talk culture and pop culture and movies, this is our guy. He is the maven of the Mendez Movie Report. See what I did there? You like that? You might want to copyright that. Movie <laughs> Mendez, Louis Mendez, our buddy down in Tampa, breathing a sigh of relief because they kind of missed the big one, although their neighbors to the south are hurting, but they got through the hurricane all right. Glad to see you, buddy, even more than usual. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Glad to not... Uh to actually have power to actually be, be at my house and it's not flooded. So uh, thank God for all that because uh, Fort Myers got it real rough. In fact, uh, actually my in-laws actually know someone who lost their house, just completely flooded and they just, they're just going to quit on it. They're not going to even bother to try to get the house back. Yeah, it's sad stuff. Fort, um, for those of you from Logan, um, we, they thought this hurricane was going to come in right on tampa bay it swung south at the last second hit fort myers head on uh really obliterated those poor folks down there he's in the tampa area but he's our movie guy so let's talk a little movies all right summer blockbuster season's kind of over now we're in the fall season we're in award season let's review for a second because this was supposed to be the summer that movies were back baby uh no covid very few restrictions everybody's going to come back I'm looking at the numbers. You know, we're we're data guys. You're a data guy. Our movie's back because when I look at this list, I see Marvel, I see Jurassic Park, and then I see basically Top Gun, and then there's a whole bunch of everything else. 
is that a healthy movie season? Is that the big we're back movie season people were expecting? I mean, honestly, I, I'm pretty cynical about this at this point when it comes to the box office. It's it's pretty obvious that if it's not a major IP uh, that is knowable for folks, even something like Top Gun, which was a it, it, people expected it to be a success. I'm not sure they expected it to be this successful. But even something like that, at least it's a known IP with a known name, with a known star. If you don't have that, it's going to be really hard for you to make like really big noise at the box office. If anyone's made any noise at the box office this year in terms of original stuff, it's been horror. And even horror, you know, you're, you're talking about it's a different measure. You're not going to be making a unless you have like something ridiculous like the exorcist or it or the first it movie, you're not your your measure of success is going to be a little bit different than the big blockbusters, but unless you're doing original horror this year, if you're not doing IP, you're going to suffer unless you also have something like everything everywhere all at once, which was able to be this big hit with getting legs um incredible success for an indie movie but even that only made only made over a hundred million dollars which is like chump change of marvel um so it, i i i think people are coming back to the theaters the thing is is that people are selective about what they come back to the theaters to especially after the pandemic era conditioned them to be more and more comfortable with streaming yeah, I think you got a good point. I got a bit of a theory on Top Gun, and I love it. This is one of the rare movies I ever went and saw it twice. One of the reasons for that is because the first time I saw it, I saw it in IMAX, and I wanted to see it in a regular screen because when you're seeing IMAX, you miss stuff. Like, you just can't. There's too much going on. So I actually went to this movie twice, and you know me. I don't like movie theaters, so that tells you something. But my fandom of that franchise aside, I've got a bit of a theory on Top Gun. I think I don't think people did this on purpose. I don't think they got on a message board or social media and discussed this. I do think Top Gun was a little bit of a protest thing for some folks going to the movies of like, yeah, this is the kind of movie we will go out to the movies and see. I I think that it's not a huge thing, but I think it's a something because a lot of people I talked to is like, yeah, that's the only movie I went to this year. I I think there's a little something to that. Yeah, because first of all, it's it's a movie that's just it's entertaining. It's not trying to do any particular message. And while I don't mind a movie that tries to have a message or tries to hit on certain themes, those kind of movies can end up being inaccessible if the, if it's not done right. They can be very one note. Whereas this is more of a pure crowd pleaser. Plus, it's not a superhero movie. You know, it's it's something different than what people have been used to. Um, it's not just a bunch of CGI green screen stuff going on. Yes, there's visual effects in Top Gun, but a lot of it is practical effects. And I think that the industry is responding every bit the way that the audiences have responded because uh, there was, we had the Telluride Film Festival, which is the, out of all the major festivals, that's the one where a lot of Academy voters like to go to. And I was listening to a podcast to uh, one of the folks who actually talks to these voters. And what really struck him is how many of them said that they love Top Gun Maverick. And then there was an interview with Quinn and freaking Tarantino, one of all people, who said that it's his favorite movie of the year so far. And that really goes to show you how big of a hit it's been. I think because it does, it is able to stand out. It's not an art house movie. It's a big blockbuster. Every It's accessible to everybody. 
And it's not the same old blockbuster that people have seen over and over again the last couple of years. Yeah, to your point, talking to Luis Mendez, our movie maven, uh, I'm looking at the domestic box office numbers for 2022. You get down to number nine before you get an original thing that is not a franchise or a sequel. And that's the Elvis movie, which is not exactly fr- non-franchise right. and not sequel, although it was a unique take. By the way, I actually like the movie. I know it was pretty... Div- but Yeah, I, I gave not- it a good review too. But I bring up Elvis because you know what Elvis really was? It was a superhero movie. <laughs> I mean... Uh, I mean, with the way it was shot and, and some of the things that they were able it's to a do. Marvel, but yeah. It was a Marvel. I was sitting there watching it, and I and I like that. You know, I I really enjoyed it. I was able to, you know, you you've heard me do this. I'm a philistine. I'm not the fancy critic you are. Somewhere in that two hours, I got to forget I'm watching a movie for at least thirty seconds. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. just kind of my standard of a movie. Like, can I just forget it and get into it for at least a moment? I got into that. I I thought it was clever. You know. But I was also sitting there with my kids. I'm like, this is a Marvel movie. This is laid out like a Marvel movie. It has the Marvel movie beats. It has the dark spots. It has the sarcastic humor. It has the weird cut shot action scenes. That's a Marvel movie. Am I wrong? I mean, no, you're not wrong. But it's also what you might come to expect from Lerman because he's known to... he. When it comes to Boz, it's almost like he wants to make his movies feel almost like you're at a party at the same time. Uh, and and I think that's why he was able to do such a unique take compared to a lot of the standard biopics. I also think it's why it ended up being pretty successful. Supposedly had a ridiculous uh, standing ovation that lasted a long time at cons. Um, I think it's got an outside shot to get into the picture race. I don't quite have it in there just yet. But Austin Butler, who played Elvis, is definitely getting a lot of uh, praise for his performance. Uh, People are a little more divisive about Tom Hanks in the fat suit. But, um, yeah, I mean, I personally thought it was that movie was incredibly fun, uh, very different than your standard biopic. Uh, I mean, if, if anybody out there has HBO Max, you can watch it right now. It's on HBO Max right now. Yeah, we actually purchased it because we liked it enough and the kids have been re-watching it. But to, and, by, and Austin Butler, even people that didn't like the movie because they didn't like, you know, the way Baz does stuff. Everybody's just like, it's an incredible performance. It really is. He, he was really good yeah. in it. But back to the larger point, okay, that's nine of the top ten movies that are not original material. Number ten's Uncharted. That was a video game. You get down to 11, you get to Nope, which, by the way, is a horror genre. You yeah, know? now that that is original, but very original, too original should, by some people's measures. <laughs> but I would point, yeah, uh, I, but I would point out that that is also directed by Jordan Peele, who almost has his own brand name as well. this and by the way just to finish out the top 15 here light light year which was very devices from disney but that's another franchise the lost city which was original and if you're too young to remember what romancing the stone was because it was the same movie except yeah. with f words and and but uh bullet train which was a remake of a uh movie from overseas and then you get down to 15 before you get to the bad guys 
I'm just looking at this list, man. Which, by the way, the bad guys is an adaptation of a book. It doesn't get any better from there. 16, Fantastic Beasts. That's Harry Potter. 17, DC Super Pets. And then 18 is where the Crawdads sings, which is a book adaption. That's traditionally where you get a big movie. You get it from a book adaption. You got to go all the way down to 18. And the money gap from 18 to Top Gun at one is the GDP of most European nations. It's ridiculous. Yes, yes, yeah. I'm, when people on, you know, I know Twitter ain't real life and Facebook ain't reality. When people are saying there's nothing original at the movies and that's why I don't go to the movies, there's validity to the accusation and it seems to be getting worse, not better. I mean, just validity in terms of what the big studios are giving money to. Now, if you actually go to every weekend and try to check out some of the smaller movies, there's definitely a lot of original stuff out there. Of course, the problem is a lot of folks don't go out to see the movie. Now, sometimes it's because of marketing. Maybe they don't even know that movie exists. That's another big thing. Um, but also, I, I honestly think a lot of people have just been very conditioned to say, I'm not going to take the risk, especially with the way ticket prices are, we, with the, the situation we got with inflation doesn't help either, where they say, I'm going to be very careful as to what I'm going to spend my money to go to the theater, where I'm going to have to buy money for the concessions. I might have, I might, might or might not have to deal with some rude uh, person in the theater who's making the experience uh, difficult. And what's safe? What's safe are the known properties that they know. But when they see all this other original stuff, maybe they'll say, well, I know it's going to show up on Netflix. I know it's going to show up on HBO Max. I know it's going to be on VOD in a couple of weeks, especially with the theatrical window getting shorter and shorter and shorter. Um, and I'm just going to catch it at home because it's much more comfortable that way. Um, and I think that's why you see some of these legacy directors who are all big about cinema has to be on the big screen and stuff. Even they're kind of throwing the white flag and saying, fine, we'll do a deal with a streamer. We'll have the movie out on limited releasing theaters. So I get to have my vision on the big screen. Maybe do a festival run. But eventually it's going to be showing up on the streamer uh, for people to watch at home. Um, I would point out, again, everything, everywhere, all at once, I think is one of the big standouts of Monthly Originals. But again, that movie still as much money as it made it's chump change compared to all the movies that you just mentioned um which is crazy to think about when you're talking about movies that are making over a hundred million dollars being like low on the on the box office scale it's kind of crazy to think about just how different the scales have become now that we're getting billion dollar movies here and there but i i just i really really think that the pandemic just kind of help accelerate this trend of that people are just more conditioned to watching stuff on streamers. They're going to be, they're going to be careful as to what they're going to spend their money at the theater for. Yeah. Luis Mendez joining us. This goes back to something we talk to you about just about every time you're on here, the, the movie makers, the creators and the streamers and the, you know, the, the partnership that those things go into because the studios have to talk to the distributors. That's always been the war behind the scenes in movies is the makers and the distributors fighting over what gets out and how it gets out. It seems like we're in a transitional phase where they haven't figured out the business model yet. They haven't figured out that, hey, this movie is really going to do well on streaming. This movie's going to do really well on the theater. Top Gun. They 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 took like now you can say, well, it's one of the biggest movies of all time. That was an enormous risk to sit on that movie for two years with the amount of budget and the like. You're talking millions and millions and millions. Of, that was a huge risk and it paid off. 
And then you have these other ones where they're like, well, let's take this big budget thing and put it on stream and it may hit or it may not. That's really the fight here, right? They haven't quite figured out the business model of if it's not a tent pole, it's really iffy going to a theater and some stuff they haven't figured out. Like, look, this would actually probably do really well in streaming if you just give it a chance on streaming. Oh, yeah. And uh, sometimes I honestly find myself kind of scratching my head as to why didn't they come out with this on streaming, or at least maybe do a same day release. I've been seeing Universal's been doing that with Peacock of late. Um, there, I mean, while I do think that there are certain movies that would be helped by theatrical exclusivity, uh, I think there are others that would be helped by the streaming. But unfortunately, you have some of these filmmakers who are um, really, really want their movies on the big screen. Um, at the same time, also, you do have these certain situations like the, the mess that's going on with Warner Brothers right now, where they are really like completely overhauling what their plans with HBO Max. They're dealing with a merger, a lot of controversies, but then canceling movies that they've actually shot. <laughs> they've canceled for tax write-offs. They've just completely taken things off streaming without any physical media available for that stuff. Uh, so it, 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 I agree on the business model that they haven't figured out, but also I think there's a, also kind of this pull as to how much say does the creative, do the creative folks have, the filmmakers and such compared to the business model. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah, Luis Mendez joining us. And that's the problem because with the technology change and the media change, that doesn't happen in a vacuum anymore. The distributors used to be the gatekeepers. Well, now if you tick off the wrong creator, the wrong creator is going to go on on Twitter or Facebook or, you know, make a TikTok and they're going to flame you. And nobody knows who, you, you know, you, the distributor are and this famous director or this famous star or whatever the case may be. The people's going to side with them and now you got a mess on your hands. That's another part of this reality that I don't think they fully dealt with. And we've seen it. We've had whole movies that are probably pretty good movies that go down because of public backlash. This They haven't mastered the social media part of this either, have they? No, I don't, I don't think so either. And, and, so, and it also doesn't help. And this is not just a movie thing because I've seen this even in freaking professional wrestling where I think – now that people have social media at their fingertips, sometimes they get really frustrated if maybe something's not making the money that they thought it was going to be or, they, or there's some business deal that's going bad. So they go to social media to vent their frustration. Of course, it's a lot different than you venting your frustration on Twitter, say uh, the ice cream machines aren't all on at McDonald's uh, like you like to tweet about. <laughs> 
And now if you, but compared to that and someone talking about these million dollar deals that they're making with movies and such, and their complaints about that. Um, and, and when in reality, maybe things are a little nuanced. I know there's a lot of controversy right now regarding uh, the writer and, and co-star of the movie bros. He's, he's getting really frustrated and um, saying things that I think, I think it's honestly a much more nuanced situation than he is. But at the same time, I get being frustrated and, and venting your frustration out. Um, and I, I just don't think, I mean, look, Warner Brothers has been having a horrible social media uh, re situation regarding the controversies going on on HBO Max. Um, and on top of that, this Ezra Miller situation that's happening with The Flash. So I'm not sure that they have gotten the social media part of it just right. Especially because honestly, and if, if you're really involved in film Twitter, the people, who, the, the studios don't have much say on the the conversations and the narratives that break out sometimes. Yeah, and let's just deal with the bro thing for a second. Bro's the movie, by the way, for folks that aren't paying attention. Uh, Billy Eichner went out, and I don't know anything about Billy Eichner other than what I've read about him. I, I didn't see his, his stuff when he was doing the online game show stuff and all that. I don't know nothing about him other than what I've read. I've read some not good stuff. I've read a few good things. You know, he obviously has some talent. He's just flaming people for not going out and seeing his movie online. And he's taking the angle on it because it is a romantic comedy about two gay men. So he's taking that angle on it. The thing is, there's probably something to that. But you can see the chart. Somebody on Twitter did it, and I can't credit them, so I don't want to use it. But they did a chart. They're like, look, rom-coms at the theater have been doing terrible for years. It's a declining medium on top of it. Plus, you're releasing a rom-com in the middle of October. Plus, you know, all these other factors in it. This is another one of these where a lot of people online are like, I love this movie, but I wish it was on streaming. These things have a lot of layers to them. And when you have a star, right? And, and I understand it in this case, because this was obviously his passion project. He's starring in it. He wrote it. He's, you know, this is his baby. When, when you go online like that, there's a bunch of things that can happen. And almost none of them are good for your project, for your movie, or for your brand. Right. And and to to be fair, I don't think that he's 100% wrong because, I mean, we know that there are people who don't go sure. to the movies simply because they believe that they're fighting a culture war and they're not Absolutely. and Hollywood is the enemy and stuff like that. I mean, not, not that Hollywood is pure or anything like that, but the point is, is that they, they don't go to the movies because of that kind of stuff and including movies that kind of push some social progressive stuff like this movie technically would. However, the the problem, and I understand his frustration because the movie was very well received at the Toronto Film Festival. It's got great reviews. It's got great audience reactions. You've actually seen it, right? You like the movie. Yes, I, I gave the movie uh, a B plus review. I saw it with my wife, and she she ended up loving it. Also, uh, it's a very funny movie. Uh, it is a raunchy comedy, but it is a funny movie. But I will tell you, I knew something was up when it was literally me, my wife another couple and some random dude. And we went on a Friday night. That's that's when I knew there was maybe this wasn't gonna be making the money they were hoping it was gonna make. I will point out that there was also a gay uh, romance movie came out in 2018, Love, Simon. And that actually didn't do too bad at the box office, but that was a completely different marketplace. And I would, I would say that the last time we had a rom-com that did big money was Crazy Rich Asians, 2018 completely different marketplace 
the Lost City, now technically the Lost City did pretty good, but I would argue that some people don't see that as a rom-com so much as an adventure movie, and they really market it that way smartly. We've got a big rom-com coming out in a couple weeks, Ticket to Paradise, starring George Clooney and Julia Roberts. I have a feeling that movie's not going to be doing so hot at the box office, even with those big names attached, because a lot of people have just gotten used to, and it doesn't help that Netflix is pumping them out almost every week. Watching rom-coms or watching anything rom romance genre-wise on streaming, because it's it you know, and the Hallmark Channel makes a lot of money off of that kind of stuff too. And I think what's happened is that that is part of it. Another part of it is that there's no big names attached. I never heard of Billy personally until the movie myself. Um, and on top of that, I I didn't think the poster was particularly great. It's it's you're just seeing the back of two dudes. Um, and I, I I just think that while I understand his frustrations, why I do think that maybe there is some homophobia involved in it. At the end of the day, you you got all these other market situations going on that was that was going to always hurt this movie. Yeah, Luis Mendez joining us. This is a bigger picture kind of question, but it flows into what you just asked though. How, is there so much content now that you've just numbed and fractionalized and niched the audience to death? I think there's something to that line of thought of that. There's just so much content and there's you just mentioned Netflix pumping it out. We're getting ready to get into movie season for Hallmark, which is a big thing in my house because, you know, it is. Um, there's so much. There's no way you can watch every movie like people used to do. Like people could say, well, I watched every major release this year. That's gone. That's never happening again. I think there's just a numbing of the audience. I think we have fractionalized the audience. And I think we are trying to now these movies if you they're trying to do niche stuff on a big scale and niche stuff on a big scale almost never works i just think we don't understand the change that the streaming and the media and the technology i think a lot of people are just numb to big releases i think they're numb to the marketing i think they just kind of make up their own mind now and i don't think any amount of money and marketing is going to change some of the ingrained way the market is now yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you 100%. There's way too much content out there. I mean, I, it's funny because sometimes a lot of my family members will be like, oh, wow, so you just watch every movie. I'm saying it's not possible to watch every movie, even as obsessive as I am. It is not possible, uh, especially TV movies, streaming movies, major releases, art house movies, uh, foreign movies, especially at a time where people are finding more interesting checking out foreign films. Uh, there, there's just too much out there. Uh, if you check out the letterbox. Uh, archives, some movies that, that are coming out. <laughs> it's ridiculous how many are coming out, hundreds of thousands each year. Um, when you really take up the entire globe altogether, uh, and it's also why I personally am dumbfounded that people are still doing top tens. I I say you got to do like a top fifteen because there's too much stuff coming out, and you're gonna and and, and to me, I got to do a top fifteen. No other. Uh, than the top 10 if I'm going to talk about my favorites at the end of the year. Um, and, and by the way, this is something that's happening all across media. We've got so many options that it's allowing people to kind of pick and choose their stuff. This, whether I mean, I'm seeing this in professional wrestling. I'm seeing this in music. I'm seeing this in TV. People are, we've got so many options out that it's very rare for something to be something where everybody is watching it you know you you've gotten these rare instances 
Game of Thrones becoming this huge pop culture thing. Um, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, I'm trying to think right now of some, it's, it's becoming really hard. I mean, because even the simple stuff, you're going to meet plenty of people who are like, well, I haven't watched that. I haven't caught on to that yet. Uh, I mean, I think that the fact that we have so much content, because there are so many choices. Are you an art house fan? There's plenty of art house studios now. Are you big into blockbusters? We're getting a lot of blockbusters from the studios these days. Uh, they're, you know, it's funny. We used to call these event films, but I mean, how much of it is in a forgetting like 10 of them each year now? Top Gun was an event. I'll tell you that one, but I don't know that we'll oh, see yeah. another one of those anytime soon. Luis Mendez, he's so good on this stuff. We didn't even get to the award season stuff. We'll talk about that next time we have you on, which won't be too long till we get you on though. Let folks know what you've got going on. You're great. Sir. You're, you're becoming Netflix yourself, man. You're popping out movie reviews about every day. It seems like. Uh, let folks know where they can follow you, where they can keep up with your stuff on social media and your sub stack and everything else. Well, basically, if you want to catch all the stuff that I do uh, and the main hub, that is MendezMovieReport.Substack.com. If you want to find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or if you happen to have your box, MendezMovieRPT. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out something to do with my YouTube. I'm still sitting there, but I'll figure something out. I am very excited about the fact that I recently was accepted to critics groups. So I am going to be sort of a little part of award season this year. So that's going to be interesting. I, you get need YouTube content, call me and I'll explain to you. I will give my well-honed defense of the um, Miami Vice movie and why everybody misunderstood that great piece of American cinema because it was fantastic, among other hot takes that everybody hates me for. So give me a call, buddy. Nobody else will come on there with you. I got your back. Oh, hey, that's fine, especially when it comes to Star Wars. Oh, yeah, I just we just talked to our buddy Michael Siegel about Star Wars. So we I got to get you two together. We'll just do a big Star Wars roundtable one of these days, buddy. Uh, Luis Mendez, do great work, sir. Thank you for the time today. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. Thank you, sir.